0: Welcome to the house. We hope this podcast blesses you and encourages you
1: enjoy Father God, I come to you humbly today, Lord. I just want to thank you so much for this time that we get to gather together virtually, Father. Um, Lord, as we go through tonight, as I'm speaking Father, I just pray and ask for you to speak through me Lord father i ask for there to be more of you and less of me lord for it to resonate and speak to somebody that needs to hear it father we love you we praise you in jesus mighty name and everybody said on mute amen Amen. i hear i see mouths let's go all right as i was preparing for um to be able to talk tonight uh i dived into my favorite book in the bible the book of daniel and um, Yes, it's my favorite book because it's my name. It's actually the first book in the Bible that I read when I got saved because I had no idea about anything about the Bible. So I saw my name and I was like, I'm reading that. It turned out to be a pretty good book. Um, Book of Daniel is kind of like Daniel's testimony about what happened to him when he was in Babylon. He um, was being ruled over by the king and... Him and his buddies, we'll call them that, in the story, were forced to live in the in the land of Babylon. Um, they were surrounded by false gods and false idols. And um, through all that, they they kept their faith, and they prayed to the Father in heaven. And they were able to lift them high, in regardless of whatever it is that they did. Um, it's there's a lot of cool stories in there. One of the most popular ones is Daniel in the lion's den. I'm sure everybody's seen pictures of it, and you know uh, they talk about it in all the sermons and everything like that. Um, but they threw Daniel in the lion's den because he wouldn't stop praying to the Father, and they wanted him to kind of like worship the false gods and worship the king and everything. And he said, "No, I'm praying to God." And they threw him in the den to die. So because he had the Father within him. He had peace and faith. He actually was kept safe um, from being devoured by the lions. There's so many more cool stories like that in the book of Daniel. If you haven't read it, I highly suggest it. It is in the Old Testament. So it's like it's crazy. It's out there. Uh, but as I was reading it, I came across this Bible verse. Daniel 4.2 says, I want you all to know about the miraculous signs and wonders the most high God has performed for me. So when I read this, the Lord put it on my heart to share my testimony um, because he's done some amazing things in my life for me and through me and around me. Uh, So for those of you who don't know me and for those of you who have heard my testimony, here it goes. My name is Daniel and I was born and raised in Iran, in Mashhad, city called Mashhad, country called Iran. I was raised there until I was about 10 years old. And um, my mom's side of the family was Muslim, my dad's side of the family was Baha'i. And they didn't like each other because of the faith and their beliefs and the ideas that they had behind, who God was. So I grew up with the sense of, God is dividing my family already. right That's kind of where I grew up around. Um, my dad was a Muslim. So when he went to school he or, or throughout his life, he wasn't actually able to do everything that the Muslim men were allowed to do. Um, so like when he went to college, he was actually the top th- one of the t- top 300 students as a mechanic in the country. But he wasn't able to graduate because he was a Muslim. So going through all that. Once they found out that my dad, a non-Muslim, married a Muslim girl and, you know, got her knocked up and I came out and my sister came out, it was not good for my dad. So we actually had to pack up and leave the country in hopes of a better place to go live. Uh, So my mom, my dad, my sister and I packed up all our stuff, left the country to hopefully get to America where they promised a better life. Uh, We lived in Turkey for about a year. As immigration worked on our case, we got accepted and then we moved out to California at around when 9-11 happened. All that. Yeah. Um, So we come into, you know, we don't know a word of English. We don't know the culture. Uh, I get dropped in school and get looked at and treated like the little terrorist boy. Um, It was really fun. Um, So... Well, we'll move forward from there. Um, after like so, a couple of years of being here, after a few years of being here, I learned that if I was the bad kid, if I was the troublemaker, I wouldn't get picked on by other kids. So if I was the one that was causing trouble, others would kind of fear me. You know, like I see like, I had some deep internal issues when I was younger. When I was, uh, and it kind of comes from even before then, when I was around five or six years old, um, I was sexually molested and raped by our neighbor who was in his late teen years. And it's still a little bit weird talking about it, even though I've dealt with it. It's, as a dude, it's always weird. Maybe it's the society that puts in your mind if something happens to you sexually as a kid, don't talk about it. Just keep it within, suppress it. So I try to do that for most of my life. And... I actually—it's still kind of weird talking about it, but I never told anybody till I was 17 years old because the offender actually threatened my life when I was a kid. I I still can remember that and told me if I told anybody that he would kill me and my family. So as a five-year-old, I kind of just shut shut down. Um, You know, so I had. As I was growing up, I had so much anger, fear, mistrust, anxiety, depression, all these things that I didn't even know existed or nobody explained to me what these things are that you you can you know, you can experience these things if you're down, like, what's wrong? Talk about your feelings like it wasn't like that. Um, so. I grew up trying to suppress those emotions, those thoughts so by the time I was 15 years old, I was already popping painkillers, you know, to feel good, anything to feel good. Um, um, that turned into smoking painkillers. That turned into doing heroin because painkillers got too expensive. Um, by the time I was 16 years old, I was already a full on heroin addict. Um, so I, When I was 17, back to that, my mom and I had a talk. I told her where, because she saw, I was, not doing that good. So I told her I was having issues with my addiction and where everything came from and the, the abuse. So she decided it would be great for me to go back to Iran to my uncle's rehab um, because he also worked in the recovery sense in Iran. And so I went over there for thirty days. I you know I did my thing, try to just get back home as fast as I can. I wasn't ready. When I got back, I still did the same thing, and I'll try to cut it short because. I don't want to stay in this for too long. Um, By the time I was 19 years old, I ran away from home uh, and I was homeless for a while. You know, just trying to get by and trying to stay high was like the goal of my life. Just as long as I'm not feeling, I'm good. As long as I don't have to deal with Daniel, I'm chilling. Um, That came with a couple of weak efforts of trying to get sober. I actually made a good college effort into trying to get sober when I was 20, 20 going into 21 I turned 21 in rehab that was the one time I took it seriously um uh, you know I did the whole thing I got a sponsor I was like I'm doing it right this time I'm doing whatever it is that people tell me to do got a sponsor work the 12 steps do whatever it is that they say I still didn't have a good feeling or a relationship about God I didn't know who God really was um and you know But in my mind, I was like, if I do what they tell me, I'll be all right. I'll be sober. Six months into my sobriety, I thought it'd be a great idea for me to start a nightlife business with my sister. Long story short, don't want to talk about that too much. That just meant that I was in a nightclub four or five days of the week drinking with the club owners. But, but... I had money and I had my own place to live and I wasn't doing heroin. So I was winning, you know, in my mind, I was doing okay. Um, that I actually, that is kind of around the time where I met my beautiful wife, Heather, and the poor thing that had no idea what she was getting herself into. (laughs) Um, So left all that moved down to Orange County to be closer with Heather, brought all my problems with me and more. Um, now, I'm not just drinking. I'm also doing heroin, meth, and pills, and drinking at the same time. And, you know, every time I got caught, I would try to stop, you know? It was one of those things like, oh, I've been caught. You know, I'll go to rehab, whatever. Oh, I've been caught. Like, yeah, you guys got me. I'm so over this. Like, but even though I wasn't, I didn't know how to get over it. Um, (laughs) It's sad thinking about it, man. But the last time Long story short, I went to rehab many times. The last time was my seventh time in rehab. And this came right after uh, pretty much a fatal overdose. And I'm very fortunate by the grace of God that Heather found me in the bathroom when I was out. Um, no heartbeat. I wasn't breathing. She actually um, gave me CPR. And from what she describes many times till I came back to and. I remember coming back too, but I was so tired, like exhausted and I didn't really want to be alive, but I was, but I was so tired of everything. I had no idea what I was defeated, man. Um, It was, it was tiring, but um, I went into a psych ward, I went into a rehab. And in rehab, it was the first time I actually had a conversation with God. Um, I still, I still remember sitting there on the detox bed and I was kind of like, I was hurting so bad because my whole body was felt like it was going to break. And I was like 75 pounds lighter than I am right now, like no weight on me, just skin and bones. And I was sitting like kind of like curled up in bed. And I said, God, if you're real, please help me like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And that was the first time I ever actually pleaded to God in my entire life. Like, I always prayed to God, but it was like, please make my drug dealer come faster. I've been waiting here forever. You know what I mean? It was like stupid prayers like that. Like, it was never like, God, I really need you in my life. Um, And, you know, I said that prayer, and I thought something miraculous in that moment was going to happen. It didn't. Um, About A week or two later so there's a blackout period when you're in rehab it's a period when you go in and you can't do anything and then you're allowed to do certain things after that point so once i was done with my blackout period it was like a week or two after i said that prayer they were taking the rehabees i should whatever um to to, uh church so you know i was like this is a great great time like i haven't seen heather in like a month like we'll just go hang out you know at church whatever I did not know what church was about I didn't even whatever I'll go so you know we planned it I went three four times we sat in the back we held hands didn't really know much of what was going on like cool they're singing they're standing up everybody's screaming Jesus um, it was kind of weird for me um, and the three or fourth time that we were there I remember sitting there and the pastor made an altar call. Now, again, I don't know anything about church. I don't know what an altar call is. Like, to me, you know, it's whatever. But he said, if you're tired of living in bondage, come up here. And I remember looking at Heather kind of like confidently, but weirded out. Like, I want to do this, but you're going to think I'm weird. And she was looking at me exactly the same way. And I was like, all right, maybe we should try. So we didn't really say a word. We just kind of like nodded. And then we... As we're gripping each other's hands, I'm still low-key, like, kind of detoxing. I detoxed for, like, 35 days. So my hands were drenching in sweat. And I'm <laughs> gripping her hand, and we're walking up there. And we stand at the side cider stage. I remember the pastor came down and put his hands on our shoulders and said, Close your eyes. Let's pray. And I closed my eyes. And when he prayed, I just remember... I don't remember hearing his voice or what he prayed for me about. I just remember an remember encounter that I had with Jesus. I remember everything kind of, I I didn't feel like I was standing in front of people. For the first time in my life, the anxiety of standing in front of people went away. Um, so I felt like this warmth. And then I literally felt Jesus's forehead touching my forehead. And all, oh, if I wish I can put this into better words, but all the weight that I've been carrying with me my entire life from childhood came off. I'm talking about anxiety. I'm talking about my depression. I'm talking about my anger. I'm talking about my um, insecurities as far as if I'm good enough, if I'm not. I didn't feel any of that for the first time in my life. Um, I, for anybody that ever says God isn't real, you cannot take that moment away from me or from experiencing him. And if you experience God to that point, nobody can tell you that God isn't real. Um, I remember opening my eyes and I was bawling crying. Like I'm crying right now a little bit. I don't cry. I didn't used to cry at all. Like to me and my family, men don't cry. If you cry, you know, yeah. Uh, And I looked at Heather and her eyes were closed and she was crying. So I felt like, I felt okay. I was like, I'm not on my own. (laughs) We walked back to our seats and it was kind of weird. You know, we didn't really know what to say to each other. We kind of just sat there quietly. Like, did this just happen? Did you feel the same thing as I did in my my head? I was like, am I tripping? Like, and you know, so we started serving God and just kind of started trying to grow in God. (laughs) But this is, you know what, this just came to my mind and I kind of wanted to share it with you guys as I'm sharing the story of, being this. have you guys ever heard the story of Lazarus? I'm sure a lot of you have. So Lazarus, and if you haven't, I'm going to just dive into it real quick and I'll try to be as brief as possible so I can get to the rest of my points. Lazarus was this dude that was super sick and was dying. His sisters and his community around him were concerned so they sent a message to Jesus to come and heal this dude before he passes away what happened was Jesus ended up staying where he was at for two more days by the time he got to Lazarus he was already dead and I'm running through this so please bear with me um Jesus shows up the sister pleads hey if you were here earlier he would have lived Jesus said I'm gonna do something and this is to glorify God walks up to the tomb says Lazarus get up after he plays to the father he asked Lazarus to get up Lazarus is dead Wrapped up in a bunch of bondage. His whole head is wrapped up. His body's wrapped up. Can't move. Dude gets up. And Jesus says to his sister, unwrap him and set him free. That isn't by the definition what I went through. What any of you who got saved went through. And there's a whole message by itself. So I'm trying to like kind of brief it down. But we get saved and we get a new life. But to actually experience... The bondage and everything coming off of it, it takes a community around us to do it. We can't do it on our own. I can't point out my own flaws. That's just impossible. So if Jesus asked somebody else to set somebody free and help them take that bondage off so they're free, then we need the same thing for ourselves. Right. We need a good set of people around us that can help us through the situations when we get saved or when we're a new believer or kind of coming back to the Lord of like, hey, look, I'm messing up. Like, what do I do? Or not even we don't even realize we're messing up. We could just share our lives with somebody like this is what I'm going through. Oh, dude, I've gone through the same thing. I know somebody that's gone through the same thing. Here's how you can deal with it. Or here are some ideas and suggestions. You pick what you want to do. Right. So sorry about that. That was a little rabbit trail. Let's dive back into this. Um, So after I got saved. So Psalm 71, 15, 16 says, I will declare your righteousness and your salvation every day, though I do not fully understand what the outcome will be. Lord God, I will come in the power of your mighty acts, remembering your righteousness and yours alone. My favorite part is, though I do not fully understand what the outcome will be. we all think we know what's gonna happen none of us do um so when i got saved speaking about community i was surrounded by some amazing people like i said and you know i started asking questions and the people around me that i still know and i still love and i still cherish told me look just because you got saved, a lot of people think that your life is going to be perfect and it's going to be amazing from now on. It's not. It's going to get real. It's going to get really real. And it did. You know, the only um, the only difference is when you understand that you are protected and loved by the Father in heaven and the price of our sins was paid for by Jesus at the cross, our outlooks towards struggle and pain changes, Right? Um, So I wrote down some of the things I want to go over with you guys. Things that I now get to experience. I no longer need to worry about the future I have. um, Because I have faith that my life is in the hands of a God that cares and loves me and wants the best for me. I now understand what real freedom is. A life without any bondage. Right? Um, And it's also knowing that God's light is shining on me. It's shining through me. And it's shining for everybody else to see. Um, one of my favorite things is understanding the process of growing. The process of growing is it takes time, but it's a beautiful process that um, we can learn to enjoy the struggles and the victories. It's really important to learn to enjoy the struggles because through the struggles you get, you learn. That's that's really it. In school, you study to take a test. In real life, you get tested and then you learn. You don't learn before the test in real life. You know what I mean? You you get tested, and then whatever happens, you learn from that test in life, and you're like, all right, I'll do better next time. Like, there's no book to it. There's no, like, cheat sheet, answer to it. Um, and then we now have pool, uh, tools at our disposal to deal with difficult circumstances in life. Like, we learn how to pray um, through hardship. Uh, we learn how to worship when... Everything feels like it's coming, crumbling down on us. We learn how to put whatever is out of our control to God and then just fix what it is within our control. The only things I have, Daniel has control over himself is the way I think and the way I act and what I do with my body and what I say. That's pretty much like really all I have control over. Other than that, why am I tripping about anything else? Right? Just give it to God. And it's easier said than done, but with practice, it's possible. With practice of having, like, understanding what faith is. That is faith. Understanding that the most powerful being in the universe that created the entire universe has your back. That's literally the life that we live. Like, it's insane when you really think about it. Like, the person that has my back created the entire universe. Nothing can touch me. Um... And I'm not telling you guys all this to lift myself up. This is all to glorify who God is and what he has done in my life and what he has done through every one of your lives. And I know a lot of people here have testimonies. Um, if you are being tested right now, that testi- test is about to turn into a testimony. So be prepared to share that with somebody in a short period of time when you come out victorious on the other end, because we want to hear, it. because people need to hear. it. Uh, uh, it's important to share... The gospel of what Jesus is doing right now, the living God is doing right now within every one of us, the experiences that we're having. It's easy to think like, oh, he was not, he was back then. Like that's a, ba- no, it's a, it's a right now God. He, he just did a miracle for me and he's continued to do it for four and a half years now and he's gonna continue to do it for the rest of my life. And everybody here that I know that has testimonies, that is a believer, that has continued to push forward, um, I see miracles in all of their lives. So I want to encourage you guys to go out and share your testimonies of what God's done for you with non-believers, with believers, with lukewarm believers, with eh, kind of believers, whatever, whoever it is that you find that you know that they need an encouragement at that moment. Let them know what God's done for you. That's the best way to spread the gospel. Not going to them like, you know, you're going to hell if you don't believe in Christ. Like nobody wants to hear that. Like, I don't want to hear that. If you come to me, I'll be like, dude, get out of here. Like I'm trying to eat my lunch or whatever. Uh, but ex- expressing the love of God is the only way to actually go about spreading the gospel, the love, the victory. That's the best way to do it. That's the best way to sh- let, let God's light shine through us. So I shared this because I hope that my testimony becomes the key to unlock somebody's prison that heard it in here. Um, Sometimes we get into a mental space that it's kind of like captivates us and makes it into our own mental prison. And I hope this was somewhat of a key to help you escape that and understand how much God loves you and understand what he's going to do for you. And I say to share your testimonies and let God's light shine through you, because the Bible says in Matthew five fourteen sixteen, 16, you are the light of the world. A city cannot be hidden when it is located on a hill. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a bucket basket. Instead, everyone who lights a lamp puts it on a lampstand. Then its light shines on everyone in the house. In the same way, we let our our light shine in front of the people. Then they will see the good that you do and praise your Father in heaven. So, I said all that to hopefully be an encouragement to somebody and i want you guys to um kind of want to open it up to the floor and just let you guys share man whatever it is that you feel like you got from it if you want to share a victory with us or something um a testimony that god's done in your life that's changed your life um share with us i'm sure somebody can use your encouragement somebody can use um whatever it is that god has done for you to lift them up to lift up their spirits Don't all jump at once.
2: Okay, so just to confirm you asked um, for like if we had anything to share, like follow up. Yes, ma'am.
1: Yes, ma'am. Sorry.
2: No, it's okay. It's just, I'm sitting here. Wow. I'm sitting here kind of like in an awe moment, like hearing you speak and share this. And my fiance is over here. And I told him, I was like, the man who's speaking right now is probably, Heather is probably going to be at our wedding. And he's like, so, you know, he was listening as well. And I had that moment of like, wow, the things that God has brought you through, the things God's brought me through, being able to see each other, walk through that and Mm. that's why we have a community it's for that support like I remember a time specifically when you and Heather you know you guys are family and it's more than blood you know the family your Jesus family is so much more than blood and I Mm. was able to tell Justin like that guy he might be from Iran but he's my brother like that's That's right you know so it's just so amazing that we come from a place where we feel alone we feel broken i mean i got saved mm. three days before committing suicide and never did i think i'd be getting married or have kids and <laughs> so to hear you say that stuff and, and i i always get chills every time you share your story and and that's really what it's about you know is absolutely. is the love of jesus and and showing that and that's the only way to do it so thank you so much for absolutely being as open as always Love you guys. Thank
1: you. Love you too. <laughs> um,
3: I'd like to say something. Absolutely. So, yeah, this uh, this was an excellent message. Um, it's definitely uh, something that we we're all going through, especially in 2020. Um, we're all getting tested every single day, you know. And um, as my mom and grandma used to say, a setback is getting you ready for the come up, you know. And so I've uh, and uh, I've been I've been blessed man and uh, and I'm so appreciative of each and every person in this group and God continuously watches over me and uh, my family and the yeah. message that was like it was real deep like I, and I hope I hope everybody got it to where you understand it like in sort of like a kid's, bring you know, bring it down to a kid's level of thinking. Because you try to get your own you know, you use your adult mind, you start to <laughs> form different opinions and stuff. But a kid's mind is always like they're gonna wrap around their brains on, okay, I learned that. And, you know, easier. So mm. I just like to say uh, brother, thank you and uh Absolutely man. I
1: appreciate it uh the word. Thank you, brother. Yeah man, thank you.
4: I'll say something. <laughs> um I just want to say that I'm so proud of you. Obviously, I've heard the story because I've lived it. <laughs> but to be honest, it's still um, shocking. Just because we live such peaceful lives now, it's still really like mind-blowing to hear everything that led up to it. But like Jordan said, um, without a community of people, we could have never done it. Um, when Daniel went to rehab, we pretty much didn't have any support from our family. Um, but not only that, I was raised Jewish. His family is Baha'i and Muslim. Like, we didn't have any Christians. So we really relied on the church and the people of the church. And so this community is just, it means everything. You know, we really couldn't have gotten here without you people. So community is key. And I just wanted to say I'm proud of you. And I love you.
1: Thanks, babe. i like to say
2: something.
1: Can you guys hear me? Sorry. Wait, Identify yourself.
4: <laughs> it's <laughs> Vanessa. She's a little choppy.
3: Vanessa. Vanessa.
1: Vanessa. Oh, yeah, it's super choppy.
4: Can you One more time. Or maybe turn your video off and just stick with audio. She just did. Okay, can you guys
5: hear me?
1: A little better. No. There we go. No.
3: Vanessa, if you're trying to talk, you're muted.
1: she's going to try her phone. I just got it on the messages right now. Hang tight, everyone. I the jump. Okay. Hey, what is that show when that, like, dude is climbing up and then they got to do something before he reaches the top of that mountain?
5: was a lot of pressure (laughs) we all
1: waited for you yes
5: okay so earlier today when we were talking in regards to saying something positive and then chip started saying i woke up today everything was good and then daniel your testimony was amazing because from the moment i woke up today I woke up with a swollen eye. I couldn't see. I don't know what happened. Stuff was going on with my children all throughout the day. I was getting a call from my supervisor. Fiona literally just had a partial seizure while we were logging onto the meeting. My daughter steps in. I'm like, oh my goodness, like it was chaos from the moment we woke up from this very moment. And I just want to say that you reminded me that the things we go through is momentary. And our God is forever. He is always with us, always walking us through it, and always pushing us forward to become better versions of ourselves, even though we don't see it. And your testimony tonight just reassured me that what we're going through is a momentary thing because this isn't who he intended us to be. He intended us to be. Well, he created us in his image and we're That's all so. perfect in his image. And I appreciate you for your testimony. It was so strong to where my daughter, as you see, Adelise joining us and she was getting emotional she just doesn't know how to express herself yet but she just kept looking at me and smiling and I am thankful for you and thankful that he spoke through you to touch my daughter myself Mm. and my husband
6: tonight and I appreciate you and thank you so much
1: for that thank you
6: I'll chime in Daniel Mm. I love hearing your testimony and one thing that we have to remember too is These tests, these trials, these struggles, for me, anything bad in my life and not good from God, you know, it's from this world because we live in a broken place. So with our testimony, you went through all the things that you did as a child, you had to hold on to all of those things because at the end of the day, the enemy deceived Eve. It all starts from there. From that point on, things like what we've all experienced became possible and then on top of that now the enemy tries to cover that with shame oh Mm. no that's embarrassing you better not speak on it we can't it's bad enough that we have to go through this because of the enemy we can't let him keep us quiet on top of that
1: Mm. that's my two
7: cents um
0: I'll kind of piggyback off of that Maddie um and it's really what it, what Daniel's story comes down to. Again, Daniel, I love you. Again, I lived it with you. I saved your life too, I know. But, <laughs> <laughs>
1: you're welcome. I heard Heather laugh from upstairs. <laughs> uh,
0: but what it really comes down to is trusting the process. Mm. And like for Vanessa and Sione, like you had every experience For reasons to not even get on tonight. Mm -hmm. That's always going to happen on a Wednesday night because because the devil knows that you have something that God wants you to hear on a Wednesday night. So he's going to send you distraction after distraction after distraction and every reason why you shouldn't log on. And the fact that you still press through, you know, despite everything that's going wrong in your day. And, And it's trusting the process. It's trusting your yes. God. It's trusting in his timing that he has something for you. So good word, Daniel. Vanessa
1: and Sione, I'm glad you made it. Sione, I hope you're okay. Mm-hmm. Man, you know what's crazy is like even before this, I was flossing my teeth and I don't usually bleed like because I ate ribs because one oh, no, of our patients brought us like bomb ribs. But <laughs> So I was flossing my teeth, and my gum started bleeding like it's never done before. Like, I don't bleed when I floss my te- teeth. So I'm, like, standing there. I keep, like, swishing my mouth. Throwing, it's, like, a massive amount of blood. I'm, like, what is happening? Am I going to be able to, like, speak tonight? <laughs> like, it just it happens on Wednesday nights. Usually something happens to try to stop me from getting on work, whatever it is. Huh? The, the devil's going to try to throw
0: something in your way. Absolutely. To distract you from where you're meant to be.
1: Mm-hmm. I I agree, hundred percent. Anybody else want anything to share?
8: I have a little fun fact. Uh, thank you, Daniel, um, oh. yeah. for uh, being uh, open and um, vulnerable to to share. That's that. That's not easy, and we always talk about. And this is absolutely true. How much um, our testimony helps other people deal with the same things or deal with something similar, even something the opposite, just hearing somebody overcome, you know, how powerful mm-hmm. that is.
6: Mm-hmm.
8: But we were talking, you know, earlier, why we don't, you know, we're embarrassed or shame or this and that. I mean, the the, the real power of the testimony is if you go back to we overcome by the power of our testimony. You're, you, as much as your testimony affects somebody else, it's really about you. I mean, that's that's where all our power comes from, is is look at what a hot mess I was and 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 look where I am now I mean that just tells us that anywhere else that we I mean to be where I am now compared to where I was anything else is to- totally attainable because if I can get from there to now anything else is easy Yeah. so thanks
1: absolutely man thank you I wanted to
4: kind of piggyback off of that also sorry I'll start my video and there's Edgar.
8: <laughs> hey, oh my brother, how are you? What's
1: up, buddy? Good. <laughs> love you, man. Good to see you. Great love job. you too, bro. Thanks, man.
4: <laughs> so, um, as you know, we've 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 uh, you know had this discussion before too, and I have to say that I totally love your transparency, mm-hmm. and it's such a, a testament to having faith and just putting it all on God and seeing. I mean, look like you said, look at where you all are at now, right? And we Amen. love you guys. And yes, you know, and so I mean, this is another you know, her hair, yeah. of God, her hair, yeah, right here miracle, God, right here, yeah, absolutely. So, so thank you for for being vulnerable, transparent, yes, and you know, by by sharing your story, I mean it can have just the most impactful, life changing, you know, effect on someone else.
1: Absolutely, I love you guys. I love
4: you Good too. Seeing too. You. Good love seeing you. Good seeing your face
1: finally. Good to hear from you, Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
7: Her. if I can chime in real quick um Daniel your testimony as one of the few times that you've said it and when I shared mine and you spoke about the same almost similar thing if not like similar but different um, and then the part when you started talking about Lazarus and being bonded and then having that experience at church and having that moment with with Christ Mm-hmm. It's that's the one thing I think that keeps me grounded in my walk with God because nobody, like you said nobody can take that moment away from you mm-hmm. no one can take that experience and tell you that your God is not real in that moment, that's where everything just falls mm-hmm. apart and you're like, finally I can breathe finally I can live mm-hmm. life finally I can walk through life and not worry about the next person judging me or the next person not hearing me or seeing me, you walk through life. And even though you have, like you said, life's a challenge. The Christian life is challenging every day, but the peace that you get, even like when, I, when Heather first asked me how my day was and I said, you know, it's, it's been long, my days are, are earlier, but coming home and being able to lay down, not hear noise all the way all the way around. It's like, that's God's peace. That's God's love. And even with everything that was going on today, too, I logged in and I was like, I accomplished so much. Got Even though there was so much going on, too, I can still come home and just be at peace. And that, that's worth more than anything. So, Amen.
1: I you. absolutely agree. Yeah, thank you. You know, it's funny you said it feels like it's the first time you breathe. But after I got saved, that first breath I took felt like it was the first, like, amount of oxygen that hit my lungs for the first time. Like, it felt like my chest was more open than it ever was before, that I could actually breathe air in. It's so weird. Right?
5: Um, <laughs> so
1: weird. Anyone else?
6: Vanessa had a fun little observation that she put in the chat. You were speaking when her husband first started listening, and now her daughter is tuning ah. in. And speaking. So keep up the good work, sir.
1: I'll speak every week if your entire family is going to keep joining. <laughs> <laughs> just let me know.
5: And the neighbors neighbors.
1: Yeah, yeah, just let's go. We'll make it happen.
3: <laughs> Y'all give it up for Daniel. Show him
0: okay. your
5: Give it up